Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's happening, Night fans? Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez with you in this mid-May edition. I can't believe we're already, you know, Memorial Day's not that far away, but it is a another packed week of UCF sports, Lopez. It is um, wild. First of all, it's good to be back in Florida. Yes, glad you're back. Be back in Orlando. <laughs> Greenville was good. Greenville was fun. It was. It would have been more fun if UCF softball would have lasted longer, but uh, overall made the best of it. And, uh, hey, doesn't mean that postseason in UCF sports stops. Straight up. Yep, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, even though we're doing a bunch of summer activities here with UCF, um, you know, there's still a lot of postseason to be solved out here. And we're going to go over some of that. We um, we were both earlier. We're recording this Wednesday night. Um, we were both earlier today downtown at the Charge On Tour at the Cheyenne Saloon downtown. So we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about that. We will talk about uh, UCF and uh, USF in baseball to close out the regular season. American Athletic Conference regular season tournament on the line. Top seed in the tournament on, uh, um, uh, in Clearwater on the line. Um, obviously that's tr- that, you know, that's a huge, huge series coming up. Maybe the biggest that UCF baseball has had at home in uh, maybe about five or six years. Yeah. About five years. Against Rice. Yeah. So it's we'll- very, reminds me a lot of Jeff 2012 when UCF was at Rice or excuse me, hosting Rice for the conference USA regular season title came down to that weekend. I remember I was in Gainesville, uh, calling a regional for softball. And I couldn't be at that Rice series. It was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. UCF mm-hmm. won the first game. Just like this one, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, and I remember there was weather issues in that series. I was like, wow, when are they going to get all the games in or stuff? And Rice ended up winning the next two games, won the Conference USA Championship. But uh, we haven't had one big since. I know right. that. There have been far few in between. So we'll hit on that in a little bit. We'll also hit on rowing, winning their, uh, just continues dominating the American Athletic Conference. Three consecutive years now, the Knights have won the American. Um, we'll give a, a, we'll give a shout out to them and, and, and the individuals that, that made that happen. Uh, and, uh, out in Sarasota. And we'll talk about men's golf, a big surprise that happened earlier today. Men's golf team wins the College Grove NCAA regional outright in Tennessee, the Murfreesboro regional and they are headed to the ncaa championships so uh we'll so we'll hit upon that uh here in just a second um quick reminder don't forget you can uh go to blackandgoldbanneret.com to get all of our latest information sign up for our email alerts as well 
You can hit us up on Facebook at Black and Gold Banneret, and you can also hit us up on Twitter at UCF underscore Banneret. You can follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon, <clears throat> excuse me, and you can follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo. And you can also subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. All right, let's dive in with baseball. All right, so here we go, right? This is this is what we were this is what we were hoping the best case scenario would be. Um, the Knights are actually coming off of a loss. They fell to FAU in Boca nine to four. But um, look ahead. Yep, total look ahead game. It really was a total look ahead game. Um, but you know now here's here's the situation: UCF, USF, Houston, three way tie at thirteen and eight in the conference, heading into the final three games. All, all three teams are playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. UCF is obviously hosting USF, uh, who, who they got, whom they got swept by uh, earlier in the year back in Tampa. Um, this is, of course, the night's second crack at USF. Houston takes on Cincinnati uh, for three games at home. Cincinnati is 9-12, third from the bottom in the conference. Uh, if the conference tournament were to start this weekend, UCF would be the two seed. They would play Memphis. USF right now has the tiebreaker in first place, but um, that tiebreaker is going to get broken this week. So um, <clears throat> so here we go. This is, this is UCF's chance um, to win the regular season title, lock up the one seed, and Greg Lovelady's uh, first year, uh, and it starts on Thursday with uh, first pitch at six thirty. Friday they're playing six thirty as well, and then uh, Sunday it is an afternoon game uh, at one p.m. and that will be on CBS Sports Network too. So um, correct, uh, Danny so, Graves, Danny yeah. Graves, Danny Graves, former former closer, yeah, former yeah, closer, yeah, former Cincinnati Red, if I'm not mistaken, too, right? Yep, he will be the analyst on that telecast, which I found interesting because obviously with the connections with Greg Lovelady and Mark Kingston, both all at University of Miami. Um, I mentioned that this is the biggest home series since Rice 2012. I don't think there's any debate about that. There are also no debate. This is the biggest baseball series between UCF and USF in the history of these two programs. When mm-hmm. you th- think about it, prior to both of them being in the same conference in the American Conference, these two teams usually played in a midweek. And let's be honest, with midweeks are what they are. They're not really anything too gener- special about it. And, you know, these baseball programs, these two programs, have never seemed to be good at the right at the same time. Yeah, It always seemed like UCF was on, you know, dominant. And USF really hadn't been anything great. Uh, Mark Kingston's done a good job turning that program around. But even in the last couple of years, UCF hasn't been as good. This is one of the rare times where both have been very good. And a much, I think, huge series for the rivalry. Of the, you know, Let's be honest. When you look at the UCF-USF rivalry, a lot of focus on the football side of things, obviously. I have commented that I think the softball rivalry is as intense because they've played in NCAA tournaments and regionals, and now they're playing for conference championships in softball to the point where, you know, in 2015 – UCF celebrated the American regular season championship, beating USF on senior day, beat USF in the semifinal of the American Conference Tournament. In 2016, USF clinched the regular season championship, beating UCF. 
They celebrated winning the regular season title the next day before the UCF game. Hmm. We're going to get some. We might have something similar to that at the end of this weekend, one way or the other, between these two teams. And I think that's exciting for the rivalry that, honestly, I don't think there's any memorable moments from this baseball rivalry between these two programs. So I think this is a big, nice kicker into, a, I think, a Lovelady-Kingston rivalry uh, that's ahead of us here for the next handful of years with these two programs. This will not be the last time, Jeff, that we talk about these two teams playing with uh, ra- with big uh, ramifications on the line. Boy, if you're a UCF fan, man, you have got to have wanted to see this, right? Uh, especially if you're old school kind of like we are. I mean, we're getting USF at home, chance to win the conference outright. And I want to uh, give a shout-out to uh, Bill Morrison, um, who's the, uh, the Knights SID for baseball. Uh, he has worked out the tiebreaker scenarios. By the way, I should mention, UConn is one game back of that three-way tie at 12 yeah, and 9. Yeah, don't count them out. Don't count them out. And, <laughs> and Tulane is 11 and 10, two games back. Here are the scenarios. UCF can win the conference if they sweep USF or if they win two of three against USF and Houston loses once against Cincinnati. USF can win with a sweep of UCF, or they win two out of three against UCF with a Houston loss, once again. Houston can win the American with, but if they sweep Cincinnati, they have to sweep Cincinnati. And neither team sweeps the UCF-USF series. Okay? You're with me so far? Yes. Okay. UConn is still alive. They can win the American if and only if they sweep ECU this weekend and USF wins two out of three from UCF. Hmm. So, a lot of scenarios. What it really comes down to is... Well, yeah, what it really comes down to is like Friday, you know, Thursday obviously is a huge game. I mean, but no matter what happens on Thursday, Friday's even bigger. Because you don't want to get swept at all. I mean, if you get if you get swept, you are screwed if you're UCF or if you're USF for that matter. Um you can knock out Houston you know, uh, uh, one of these two teams can knock out Houston on Friday. But I'm sure, uh, you know, but you know, depending upon who wins on Thursday. But that's neither here nor there. Both of these teams looking at this saying, let's sweep this freaking series and be done with it. Whatever Houston does, we don't care. Yeah, I think that's the mindset. I think Thursday is actually a bigger game for UCF. And I'll tell you why. You got Robbie Howell mm-hmm. coming in, who could be the pitcher of the year in the league. You have to win this game. If you win this game at home, I think you can officially put that weekend in Tampa behind you. But if you lose on Thursday, then the pressure ratchets up. Well, and it's four straight losses to USF. And now you're wondering from a mental standpoint, can we get over the hump against this team? And that's why I think for UCF Thursday is a big game for them. Um, Houston, I think, has an advantage in that they have a weaker opponent, honestly, in Cincinnati. I believe it's in Houston, correct? Uh, yes, it's at Houston. So they're going to be home. And so I do think... UConn's also at home, by the way. 
realistically, if, if you're UCF or USF, at best, I think you're hoping since he takes a game at best. So, you know, if you can't sweep, like if UCF or you can't sweep USF, the next best thing to do is take two out of three and hope that Houston drops a game. And so I, I think it's it's going to be fascinating. There'll be a lot of scoreboard watching. Oh, Mike Oresco is going to be thrilled. I'll be actually talking to Mike Oresco on the radio show on Saturday. We're nice. tentatively scheduled at the record at the time of this recording. Um, Mike Oresco is tentatively scheduled to join us on Saturday. As you know, things could change, but uh, we're optimistic we'll have uh, Mr. Oresco on. And I'll you know he's got to be excited, Jeff, about this baseball league and the rise of UCF and USF and and how. It's going to come down to the final day, maybe, of the season before deciding a champion. And then you got an exciting tournament coming up in Clearwater in a league that's looking at. And I have had a chance to talk to Jeff Brightwell, who you will be working with mm -hmm. uh, indirectly in the uh, conference tournament. And I had a chance to work with at the softball tournament. And I was talking to him about it. And I think the league's close to a lock for three bids. And I think there's optimism for maybe a fourth if UConn finishes strong. And who knows if somebody else steals a you know a team out of you know kind of nowhere wins the tournament you might get five yeah so a tremendous league again for baseball and great to see UCF kind of being a part of that instead of being at the bottom uh, to be at the top here and, and again Greg Lovelady's done a tremendous job and I do believe that this weekend it, I think in a way marks the beginning of this new chapter of this baseball rivalry, the beginning of it. Cause I don't think they've really had much of a rivalry in baseball. I think this weekend changes that with Kingston and lovelady at the helm. I think we're in for a lot of great games, not only this weekend, but be, uh, but moving forward in the future. You know, I, I'm the, the more we see this, the more I'm, the more I become a big believer in that old adage about familiarity breeds contempt and the and the point that you make about the two coaches is well taken about that. Now here's what else is at stake. All right. Baseball America poll, USF is twenty-fifth. USF is twenty-fifth. They're also twenty-fifth in the USA Today coaches poll. UCF's receiving votes, basically they're two spots out of the top twenty-five. Uh USF is twenty-third in the National College Baseball Writers Association poll. UCF is twenty-ninth, Houston is twenty-sixth. RPI. USF currently 19th as of May 15th. UCF 25th, Houston 26th. So you're getting strong RPI, so you're getting three strong RPI games. Chance to crack into the top 25 if you can knock out a team that's already in the top 25. Uh, boy, we're looking at a I mean there is just I I mean the, the more you think about it the the bigger this series becomes and a couple other notes that I wanted to pass along about UCF I mean th this is really shaping up to be the UCF pitchers against the US US USF hitters the Knights currently and, and this is such a credit to Lovelady fourth best ERA in the country at 2.81 as a team uh, USF on the other hand leads the conference in batting average at 304 on-base percentage at 401, slugging 448, and walks 231. UCF leads the conference, by the way, offensively in runs scored 330 and runs batted in, or excuse me, 340 and runs batted in at 303. So we really are seeing the class of the conference here in this game, in this series. And uh, oh man, I can't, I can't wait to get there for Friday night, man. This is going to be fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. Uh, we will be there. Be Brian Murphy, uh, he emailed me today. He told me he's going to be there Thursday and Saturday. And there you he'll go. Have, he'll have a preview up on Thursday on blackandgoldbanneret.com of this series, and he'll be recapping the series as well when we finish. So, um, yeah, that's what's at stake. And you throw in the, the prospects of, uh, you know, what UConn can do, what Houston has a chance to do. Um, man, this is, this is a hell of a week for baseball coming up so what do you think are, are, are you are you feeling what are you feeling in terms of the nights right now you think they can get they can get the two out of three here yes i do think they get two out of three i don't know about the sweep i think the middle game will be interesting uh you know ucf's kind of been trying to search for that two out but, of three so what do you think houston does man right. i think Playing cincinnati they got it they got a chance they got a chance to sweep cincinnati they, they, they are they, aiming at a sweep I would, yeah. I mean, that would be what I would assume. But uh, and they are seven and two at home, which is the best record in the conference. They are. Uh, I'm going to say since he steals a game and we kind of win it out. I'm going to okay. say we win it. Yeah, we win it out. But it'd be, it'd be that would in that scenario, it's what tiebreakers, right? Yeah, that's where stuff gets crazy. So, so like, so if I go UCF two with two out of three, Houston goes two out of three. That means UCF would be the one. I want to say Houston would be the two in that scenario, and USF would be the three, although we don't know what Connecticut would do in theory. So mm. uh, I don't know. I'll let other people and, that are a lot smarter and, about this. And we also out. don't know who we would be playing because, you know, I've been, obviously I've been following, you know, the, the bottom of the league as well. You know, Memphis right now is at 7 and 14. They're playing Tulane, who's 11 and 10. Um, in, in, uh, at Memphis, by the way, East Carolina, 6 and 15. Uh, and ECU is playing Connecticut. In Connecticut. In Connecticut. So a motivating Connecticut team that knows it has a chance to still win a regular season title. Yep. So I would like to think Memphis holds off and bees this and is the seven. If they both finish tied, I believe East Carolina wins out because of the tiebreaker. And wouldn't that be something if UCF ends up playing East Carolina? Yeah. In the one eight matchup on that side of the bracket because remember that it's a one eight four the way the bracket works in the american athletic conference baseball tournament which starts on tuesday two games on cbs sports network on tuesday and then we go american digital network for all the games on wednesday thursday friday and saturday and then we determine the winners of the two four team brackets by the end of the day on saturday and then regardless of how many how many times either either team coming out of those 14 brackets is lost. They the the winners of the brackets play each other for a one game winner take all on Sunday. So It's fun. Yeah, we'll both I be mean, uh, I know I know you're going to be out there multiple times and uh, I'm actually planning on joining you for, for I don't know how many times but uh, once the schedule comes out I'll have yeah. a better idea but uh, I know you're looking forward to it. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to it. I had such a great time at that tournament last year and um, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again because you know you know now I, last year I thought that I thought it was a down year for baseball in the American, and um, this year you look at how the teams are shaping up right now. I mean, yeah, you know, even look at the bottom of the league, East Carolina at six and fifteen. Still, that's you know that that's a team that I wouldn't I wouldn't be sleeping on considering what they've done before in the past, and also. There's only one team in this conference that has a losing overall record. And that's Tulane, who's 24 and 28, but they're 11 and 10 in the league. Yeah, very weird. Very so, strange. 
Yeah, so I, you know, I, I, I think that the league's actually been strong overall. I think the teams have just been beating the tar out of each other. So. I agree with that. No, I think there's some some truth to that. Um, every yeah, team I, I, is a every team is is at 500 or better at home this year. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's what's unique about the Clearwater, and we'll get into that in our next episode when we preview the baseball tournament. Is that Clearwater is a neutral quote neutral field, so. Right. Uh, that's a fascinating, you know, minor league park. So it's going to be fascinating. I think if you get again, I think UCF will finish either one or two and we'll probably end up playing either Memphis or East Carolina. Um, uh, and here's the thing. I mean, you could say, well, I want, yeah, Memphis is the easier game, but Memphis did take a game from UCF. They've had success against mm-hmm. UCF in the, so that's not a, I don't think there's a bottom line. The point we're saying is there's not a cakewalk at all. Like, nothing with and you would know better last year you saw it up close where memphis out of nowhere out of the losers bracket got all the way within one game of playing for the championship game nobody saw that coming i mean that's what's going to be wild about clearwater you could see i you could say that anybody right all all the teams are going to show up in clearwater have the ability to make a deep run and get to that championship game. And I don't think you'd be completely shocked would you no nothing would surprise me if you gave me any scenario Happening in Clearwater, literally no scenario would surprise me. No, there, there's not a single one, based on what I've seen this year from these teams, and and what I've seen and what I know each team is is capable of based on their based on their previous track record. So, and we will have an exclusive, um, uh, and a quick note for you listeners: we will have an exclusive American Athletic Conference baseball championship preview. We're going to get that thing out on Sunday. All right. So be on the lookout for that. You're going to get an extra a little bonus black and gold banner at podcast for you on uh, on Sunday. So we'll uh, so we'll be on the lookout uh, for that. But in the meantime, don't forget UCF and USF um, at the baseball complex on campus uh, Thursday, 630, Friday, 630, Saturday at one that that Saturday games on CBS Sports Network may indeed be. um be the final determining game for uh, the one seed, the regular season uh, championship. So, boy, this is going to be a heck of a weekend for baseball coming up. And uh, Eric and I will be at the Friday game. Come say hi. And, uh, and of course, Brian Murphy will be Thursday and Saturday. Hopefully we'll have him on also for that special Sunday show uh, as well. All right, stick around. Coming up next, we're going to we're gonna talk about a couple more things. We're going to talk about the um, rowing team winning their third straight championship in the American. We're going to talk about Bryce Waller and the um, UCF men's golf team uh, winning the NCAA regional. They're going to get a chance to play for a national title. And we'll also talk about our uh, visit to the charge on tour downtown um, on, uh, on this, uh, as we record this on a Wednesday night, stick around the black and gold banner at podcast is back right after this. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! 
Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez with you. I uh, want to remind you, of course, don't forget to, to log on to blackandgoldbanneret.com. Subscribe to our email alerts there. And also uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, iTunes uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, and tune in. Hit us up at UCF underscore Banneret on Twitter and Black and Gold Banneret on Facebook as well. All right. So we talked about baseball heading into the American Athletic Conference tournament. But speaking of postseason, there was another American Athletic Conference championship that was decided this past weekend, and it was in women's rowing. And for the third straight year, UCF has won the American in rowing. Uh, It happened out in Sarasota at Nathan Benderson Park. The Knights swept all six events Head coach Becky Kramer, um, wow, bringing home the hardware. And, and I want to make sure – now, I know you're going to be like, okay, you're going to read off the names. Yeah, I am going to read off the names of the people who um, – who, who, of the, the athletes who did this. Because let me tell you something. I've been out there on the water with UCF rowing during really? practices. Yes. When I was at uh, – when I was at uh, – when I was working in the video department, I did a feature on rowing. And um, – and they and and I was in a it was it was during a practice, and I was out there. Um, it was like a, I forget what it was. It was like a parents' weekend or something, and um, and I was out there with um, you know on a on a pontoon boat with my camera, and it was a little overloaded. I almost fell in the water a couple times, and, uh, and and I was out there watching you know how hard these athletes work, and you know they're not all scholarship athletes. A, a, a large percentage of these it's just something that you know people they that, that you know the girls go and they and they're like ah you know what this would be kind of cool to actually do and they try out and then they make the team and um so here so here's who won uh for the knights um all right third varsity four Erica Jimenez Jessica Scholes Jasmine Sepulveda Alyssa Ramos and Nicole Snyder um Won the one varsity, uh, the third varsity four won uh, their heat. Second varsity four: Kristen Taylor, Sydney Hayes, Darby Brooks, Jacinta Kendall, and Caitlin Ross um, defeated Tulsa at the very end. Um, third varsity eight: Ashley Martin, Liz Mallet, Raquel Sminge, um, Danielle Wilson, Leonie Hamill, um, Ashley Barnes, Jordan Jahoski, Dina Saman, and Tristan Krebs. Uh, they were in a tight one with UConn and Tulsa, but they pulled it out in under seven minutes. Varsity four, um, another first place finish in the fourth race. Nicole Mayer, uh, Allie Dirksen, Shannon Perry, Grace Lindbergh, Paula Parks captaining that boat. Uh, and then finally, second varsity eight, uh, who just dominated and, uh, and, and, and paved the way to finish it off. Catherine Harms, Rachel Clunder, Jasmine Blaise, um, Anna Mahoney, Ivana Kirk, uh, forgive me, uh, Ivana, if you hear this. Irv- Ivana Kirklius, I guess is her name. Um, Leslie LaJoy, uh, Rachel Rabinowitz, Edvina Neskoyatia. Oh, God in heaven, let's see. Uh, I'm, all right, I'm going to try this out. Edvina, I, please, I beg your forgiveness, and her parents and family, too, and her friends. <laughs> Nesukaitaiti and Danielle Taylor. 6.34.5 was their final time. Um, 
And uh, let's see. Oh, there was one more. All right, one more. I want to get this in there because they all deserve credit for it. Olivia Hasimovich, Ashley Boyd, Claudia DiStefani, Julie Polson, Lauren Aiello, Zaina Krokich, Maria Medlinskate, Victoria Victoria Sincuti, and Mia Cleary. All right, so here's what's next for Becky Kramer's team. They, they get an automatic bid to the NCAAs, NCAA championships, third straight, third straight appearance, West Windsor, New Jersey, May 26th through the 28th. So how about three straight at, uh, American Athletic Championships, Eric? That is, by the way, that's in Mercer County, which is outside of Trenton. Uh, just north of Trenton is where they're going to be for that. So, um, this is awesome, man. I mean, NCAAs once again for UCF rowing. And uh, have you ever been out there to their facility, Eric? I have not. That's I have not been uh, out there. I have watched a couple of the races, including last year when they won the American Conference Championship. Uh, I actually watched it live. I was at Tulsa. I was in Tulsa uh, with UCF softball. And I want to say it was a Saturday. In fact, it was. It was th- I want to say it was a Saturday. And it was prior to us flying out, if I recall. And I was watching it with Megan, the SID at the time at softball. It's now uh, SID at women's basketball. But she still obviously handles rowing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I watched it with her, actually. And uh, it was pretty impressive how they dominated it last year. Um, and they're very supportive. I, you know, I got the chance to chat with them. I remember last year they actually helped send off UCF softball to the regionals. Yeah. Uh, and I think softball returned the favor, as a matter of fact, afterwards when they came back from the regionals and, and send off, I want to say, rowing to the uh, NCAAs last year, uh, if I recalled, or something similar. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Coach Kramer at the Knights Tour event. And uh, so exciting. I mean, it's tremendous what she's done there, um, building this dominant program. Yeah. And, uh, with an opportunity here uh, to in the NCAA's to do some damage and uh, trying to take it to the promised land. Now this is this is a sport women's rowing that is dominated primarily by exactly who you think the big 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 athletic schools. So your Big Tens, your Pac Tens or Pac Twelves, and like you know Texas and uh, and 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 also your Ivy Leagues. Okay. So you're going so you got Harvard and Yale and Navy even though they're not a uh even though they're not a um Navy's not an Ivy League but um those sort of northeastern maritime sort of schools along with your Ohio states your Cal's Washington Virginia Stanford 2015 UCF finished 19th in the NCAAs uh last year they finished 20th um out of 22 2015, they were uh, they were 19th out of 22. So, um, so th- there is stiff competition, very stiff competition up there. Um, but nonetheless, you know, UCF is playing for a national championship. I mean, it, it, that's that that alone to me is just a w- remarkable when you think about it. UCF is playing for a national championship in rowing, and so they're going to get their chance uh, against um, that competition. Uh, coming up here in just you know just a little bit more than a week. So, congrats to Becky Kramer. I'm hoping that we can get uh, Becky on here in the next uh, you know before the uh, before the the championships um, take place. So, 
be on the lookout for that. Speaking of UCF playing for a national championship, men's golf. No one saw this coming, and maybe we should have. The men's golf team ranked 47th in the country, headed up to the uh, College Grove Regional. Um, College Grove, Tennessee. It's actually called the Murfreesboro Regional because it was hosted by Middle Tennessee State. And UCF goes up to this and it goes up to this regional and they win the regional. The Knights finish as a team minus one uh, throughout the three rounds. Um, just uh, two strokes ahead of number two ranked Vanderbilt, 39th ranked Kennesaw State, and 14th ranked Clemson. So UCF, Vandy, Kennesaw, Clemson, and Lipscomb advance to the NCAA uh, men's golf finals. But UCF, man, heading to the, their regional champions, uh, headed back to the Nationals for the first time since 2013. Head coach Bryce Waller um, led the Knights to their first NCAA regional championships since 2009. Um, you covered that one. Yeah. Did you not? That that was a and that was a um, that was an excellent team that had a couple guys who went pro. Um, uh, I mean, all I can say is wow. I, I mean, I talked to some of the folks who were who were over there and they were like, "Wow, men's golf, man! Holy moly!" I, I not too many people really did see this coming, but um, but they did it. And congratulations to him. Uh, Manuel Elvira finished tied for third in the individual uh, championships. Uh, for the regional, Kyler Tate of UCF finished in fifth. Uh, he was minus four um, for the uh, three-round tournament. Elvira finished minus five, three strokes back of the winner, which was Dawson Armstrong of Lipscomb. But, but man, men's golf, I, I mean, isn't that awesome? It really is. Um, I am. How did we miss this one? Because I feel like men's golf, and I, and I point back to 09. You were there. You covered that team. I think it was Coach Clinard, I believe. Um, uh, Nick he Kleiner, he was Kleiner. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, he went. Uh, he left for Auburn. I think he's still right. there. I'm not 100. Not 100 percent right. sure. But that was a top 25 program at the time, and uh, you know, with all the resources, playing golf in Orlando. You know, I mean, that's speaks for itself. Um, you know, they've been making the NCAA tournament, like you mentioned, but we didn't really have expectations to win the, this re- region. But they played tremendous golf, and I'm kind of surprised we kind of kind of didn't see this coming. You know, they're ranked 47th. Maybe we just maybe the expectations weren't as high because they were ranked 47th. Is that why we kind of missed underestimated this? I mean, how did well, we miss this? I, well, I, I I don't think I don't think we missed it. I just think that you know, first of all, the randomness of the sport, right? Right. You get hot the right weekend, you're gonna you're gonna do some damage. Um. Yeah. We're in a we're in a low point in the in the schedule. We're all paying attention to baseball. Last weekend we were true, paying attention true. to softball. You know, we, um, but you know, and, and and you know, we saw the women. Um, they bowed out in the regionals, but you know, UCF just got hot, and the tournament happened in the middle of the week, and yeah, they that, made it happen. That's changed, hasn't it? Hasn't that changed? Because I remember a lot of times when I was doing softball regionals, the golf regionals were at the same time because I, I would be around UCF officials that were interested to see how, what was going on in golf. So they, and that's, I think for me, maybe that's how I missed it. Cause I always uh, added the golf regionals with softball regionals. I felt mm-hmm. like at least either the men or women, I don't know, maybe I was way off. I just remember, you know, like two years ago, I would talk about, Oh yeah. How are the golf team doing and stuff like that. So, um, 
Bryce Waller, you did you get a chance to meet him when he got yes. hired after? I, yeah, I right. remember you interview, right? Yeah, and right. So right what? after he got hired, right after Kleiner left, I I met Bryce and um and and you got the feeling that he, um, you know, he had first of all he did have a talented program coming in. We all knew that because you know the the job that Nick Kleiner did for UCF was nothing short of remarkable. But Bryce, you know. I know it's such a cliche, and I hate this cliche, but it's re- it really is true. He took it to another level. He really did take it to another level. He he wanted a higher level of accountability for his players, both on the course and off the course, academically, and uh, and and, it, and it's paid off. There, I think I remember there were a little bit of growing pains in the beginning, but man, the players play for him, and he is a hell of a golf coach. He and Emily Marin are like this one-two punch, man, for UCF golf. That's just really been. Um, really been something. I, all right, I've got the 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 total the competition. Here's who UCF's going to be playing against in the um, in the men's golf uh, championships. It's being hosted by Northern Illinois. It's being played May 26th through 31st at Rich Harvest Farms in Sugar Grove, Illinois, outside of Chicago. So here is um, here, all right. Here's who we got. Uh, the, the, there were six total regionals. And UCF, you know, won one of them. So, um, so here we go. It's there. The competition is going to be Arizona State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, Texas. Wow. Duke, okay. Ready? There's more. Duke, LSU, Jacksonville, Oregon, and Virginia. Uh, coming uh, coming out of this regional, of course, UCF, Clemson, Kennesaw State, Lipscomb, Vanderbilt. Also uh, out of the. Uh, out of the Washington Regional, Alabama, Florida State, Kent State, Penn State, and USC, University of Southern California. Uh, the Stanford Regional was Baylor, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Pepperdine, and Stanford. Uh, and finally, uh, the West uh, Lafayette, Indiana Regional, Auburn, Illinois, New Mexico, Purdue, UNLV. Talk about some competition, Auburn. man. Oof. Yeah the cream of the crop but hey they're in it got a chance to win it um and that's the thing you play well you know you're playing the course right i mean at the end of the day right you're playing the course you're not really playing the opponent uh so some of this is kind of beyond your control you could shoot a great score but if another team or another player shoots better you get beat or vice versa i mean at the end of the day you don't worry about what the other player you just shoot the best you can but uh very significant. Very big, big, big for them to win that and uh, advance to the NCAA championship. So we got a couple teams trying to win a championship here, a national championship, Jeff. Uh, yeah. did, 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 you know, and you got a chance to interview all the sports. You know, and we always talked about that elusive or winning a national championship. Who would be that first program? You know, and people, we always focus on a lot of the main. Wait, wait, wait. I got to correct stuff. you. They wouldn't be the yeah. first program. Well, yeah, cheerleading. Right, 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 right. No, no, no. I'll go. You'll go back even further. Oh, your volleyball team. Yeah, that's right. Well, the, well, I meant in the Division One era, but I mean that's. Um, why can't golf be the first program? I mean, why would that not be the wise choice to say, okay, if I could handpick it, maybe golf is the odds-on favorite to bring home a national championship. Uh, as far as not counting cheerleading, not count. Just talking about the the, the team sports, if you will, uh, as far as with the, that uses, you know, why wouldn't golf not be at the top of the list? Would that be the odds on favor? We had to do a draft. If you know, it's funny because we just had the lottery in the NBA, right? <laughs> so if you had a draft, 
if you get, if you could do a draft and you could pick the UCS sport and you have the number one pick, okay, this sport moving forward will bring UCF a national championship first. Who would you pick? You know, you've convinced me. I would have a hard time arguing against golf having the best chance. I would say, I would say it would be golf and baseball. Ooh, okay. And and I would put a um, a little asterisk next to tennis. Yeah, you because I think, you know I think what, tennis yeah. is coming. Well, I've made that prediction. I, I've said, I, uh, in fact, that's my pick. I would still pick tennis yeah. because I think John Roddick's that good. Um, I, I think he's elite, and I think with the USTA Center in Lake Nona as a home court, uh, I think UCF tennis will win a national championship during the John Roddick era. So that would be my first pick. They're sure as heck going to play for one. I do believe that. Like they're, they're going to get that. to the national yeah. championships at uh, some um, point. You know, you know, cheerleading is still in the mix every year. The problem, I feel like cheerleading, having followed that the last few years, it feels like now it's always like Kentucky's to lose, or it's always well, it always it always has been. It it always yeah. has been, and, and and the and the issue with that is the fact that you know. Kentucky and I think it's Alabama. I mean, they're they're both yeah. so good that you you have to you have to in cheerleading you have to hit your routine. I mean, nail it perfectly. But I feel and like you now, have to hope that they stumble a bit. Right. I feel like it's. I mean, not that it's predetermined, but I feel like it's kind of like the BCS era in football, where you just knew that the SEC was going to be in the title game because the you know. It just seemed like the formula was going to work in the SEC's favor. I just feel like the judges are just going to go SEC. And I feel like the that's where we're at in cheerleading. That's why I don't have it as high, maybe unfairly, uh, because they've certainly been right in the mix and they've been close. Um, but I would say tennis won. But I'm, I, I would go golf, too. We got two great coaches, yeah. first of all. So we got two, two uh, great that coaches. I think I – think, you got to agree or have the programs in the right direction yeah. with the with the right city to play golf, uh, right area. Uh, a lot of good things going on there, and the random nature of the sport. Yeah, you know, I I, I mean, it's it is one of those things where you really, I mean, you have any idea? Is there any like odds-on favorite to win the championship? No, when you think about it, it's golf. You go out there and you have a and you, you could be the number one team ranked team in the nation. You have a bet. You you have a bad day. You're done. You know, yeah, and, and that can happen real quick. Um, and the reason why I put baseball up there too is because, you know, I still go back to you know the fact that you know in baseball you can get hot at the you know just like in golf you can get hot at the right time, right. and ride that wave all the way to a title. Look at what I, I still go back to this. I know it was ten years ago, but when I was covering Georgia, Georgia was um, odds on favorites to win the national title. Uh, they had their superstar player was Gordon Beckham, who who went yep. on to the White Sox. I think he's still there, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, no, he's been he's had to hop around in the big oh, leagues, he's, but he's, he's the big bounced league. around a little bit. But pretty good player. Yeah, yeah. he was outstanding. College Josh Fields, player. Josh Fields, the closer. He's still in the. Uh, right. I think he's in the big league still. Yeah, but they were the odds-on favorite, and they ran into a buzzsaw when the College World Series went to that best of three final format. And the buzzsaw that they ran into was Fresno State. And Fresno State, what that year was like, they, they barely got into the tournament. Like, they, they were a they were bubble a team. Seat. 
They were a four seed in a regional, yeah. Yeah, they were. They barely got in. There were a lot of people who thought they shouldn't have even made the tournament that year. And what happened? The bats got hot. The pitching got hot. And they just rode that wave to the national championship. They finished, I think pro- they were probably like maybe 10 or, 10 or 12 games above 500. They were not an overly good team. They were not dominant. They did not win the Mountain West, I think they were in at the time. And they beat the juggernaut of Georgia and won the national championship. And I thought, you know, covering that as closely as I did, I thought, you know what? If Fresno State, if you can get into that tournament at any point and you've got at least talent and that talent gets hot at the right time, anything is possible. You know, look at, look at, look at the other schools that are, you know, not nearly the pres- as prestigious uh, from, from as prestigious leagues as the American is. Um, you know, Cal State Fullerton, Pepperdine. Um, uh, who was it that, you know, we saw well, look this- at last year, look at last year, coastal Carolina, coastal Carolina the exactly. national championship. Yeah. Uh, rice has won a national title. The point is to you're making, and I agree college baseball somehow it's is a roll more, of the dice. Well, it's more of an even playing field too. There's not as much politics involved in it. In other words, you know, in football, obviously, you have the politics of if you're not in the Power Five and you're not a brand name, you're probably not going to play for the national championship in football. In basketball, you've had your Cinderellas, your VCUs, your Butlers, but you still got to go through some of the big boys to get there. You got the ball to bounce a certain way. Baseball, you can. You can win the national title and not be a Power Five school. That's clear. As long as you've got the good team, good pitching, and good timely hitting, you can win a regional. Home field is not as critical in baseball as it is in other sports. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think you're onto something there. Uh, I think with, and just with the resources that UCF has in baseball, um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's, that's definitely up in the list. I would agree with that. Um, you know, look at this year. I mean, not that, not suggesting they could go all the way this year, but why not, right? I mean, it, they have the top five pitching staff uh, ERA in the country. Uh, Florida State and my is down this year. They're probably not going to host a regional Florida State this year. Miami may not even make the NCAA's. Florida is very good, but you know, UCF is, I think, can play with Florida. They beat Florida early this year. I know it was a midweek, but anything can happen. And uh, so you're right. I, I would put baseball up there, and uh, I think rowing has to be up there, right? With the consistency they've become. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that's gonna. I think rowing might be a key one in there. That might that that, that may indeed happen. If everybody gets if everybody gets hot, you know, you want you just want to have a shot. And I think this is what we as UCF fans have have long been saying for you know years now. Is just all we want is a shot, right? All these other sports, we never really thought we had a shot. Now we got a shot. So I think that's where I think that's where we're at right now is just, you know, we we have this great opportunity and they and they have a chance to, and, and men's golf this year in the next couple of weeks, men's golf, women's rowing chance to win a national championship. Can't get any better than that. And then we'll keep an eye on baseball to see uh, what they can do coming up. So, all right, just a quick reminder. Uh, we will be uh, we will do a Sunday show. We're still trying to pull this together. We're going to do a special Sunday show previewing the American uh, uh, baseball uh, tournament in Clearwater, uh, which will be coming up this week. Um, working on a couple uh, on a couple guests that we might have for that one. Uh, 
Be on the lookout for Brian Murphy's columns here on blackandgoldbanneret.com for baseball. Eric Lopez, what do you have going on this week other than meeting up with... Oh, wait, before we go, we wanted to talk about the Charge On Tour. We didn't get the chance to do that. Well, that's why we're here. <laughs> exactly. All right, so so we were there downtown at the Cheyenne Saloon. Um, and, wow, what a party, man. Was that fun or what? Yeah, that was my first time going to it. Me too. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, mingling, if you will. There's a before and after. You know, you get there before. There's a lot of the alumni there, but a lot of the coaches are there. And it's kind of a laid back deal. And you get to hang out with them and chat with them, really. I mean, really, it's a cool experience in that, you know, if you haven't had a chance, you get a chance to talk to Coach Dawkins face to face, you know, pretty laid back uh, among other coaches. Obviously, uh, Johnny Dawkins was there, Scott Frost. Uh, you had uh, Todd Dagenet for volleyball, Emily mm-hmm. Marin for women's golf, uh, Becky Kramer, who wasn't on stage, but she was in attendance, the rowing coach. Yep. A um, bunch of the assistants, coach, all the folks that we know from a lot marketing of the communications from a lot were of there. Sports. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it was a cool event. Mark Daniels hosting the MC in the event. Um, makes it fun. I'm hoping I made the uh, selfie. They're, they always do the big selfie finish. At the end of the event, yeah, so Eric DeSalvo uh, gets we, gets a selfie stick out. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm I, that was my big thing is like I ho- I want to make that big selfie with a whole group and coaches. That's always, but uh, no, it was cool. Yeah, obviously the coaches get a chance to chat a little bit, um, and Danny White was there obviously to talk as well. I, I mean, I don't think there was anything earth shattering news, Jeff, that that, that you took uh, that I took away from it uh, more than informative if anything else. I mean, uh, I enjoyed more of the mingling stuff and talking to people and kind of their perspective uh you yeah. know i don't think there was anything newsworthy that came out of it it was just a kind of a unique deal well uh, danny white had the presentation out there with all of you know looking at the future plans for the athletic village and um and touting the donations and everything and um it, but that was all stuff that we already knew was happening and then the coaches are out there you know you know preaching the ucf gospel to the choir and you know that's exactly what these summer tours are i wish we had i wish we had more of them for a lot more of our um a lot more of our fans around the state. Uh, I don't think they're doing a uh, South Florida one, which is kind of a bummer. Um, some, of, some of my friends down in South Florida were like, man, that looks like fun. Wish we could do that uh, again. But they had one down in Tampa. Uh, they had one, I think they had one in Jacksonville, didn't they too? Yes. Yes, and, at the stadium at Everbank. Yeah, yeah. and they're going to have one at uh, on the Space Coast as well. Um, well, the Everbank was last year. They're not doing it this year, but they oh, did it last year. Yeah. They did it last year. Uh, so, but uh, no, they're, I mean, it's cool. It's just to see a chat with other people there. It was very laid back. Um, you know, the timing's always unique in that scenario. Um, I found it amusing that, like, you know, they do a Q&A with the coaches, and, like, I think Scott Frost, like, got asked, like, multiple times about the offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah. okay, you know, like, okay, like, hey, coach, how's the offensive line? Ah, we're getting better. Hey, coach, Seriously. really, yeah, he really, multiple... really though, how is the offensive line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was like, wow, a lot of multiple. Uh, yes, yes. It's like, in fact, I think Mark had the uh, response, like, all right, any more offensive line questions? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Doc, Coach Dawkins talked about the six new players that'll be playing next year, and um, you know, Todd talked about the group that he's got coming back, and yeah. And the schedule, you can preview the schedule for us. Correct. So it's a fun event. It's a nice little event. I enjoy, like I said, the interaction stuff more. Uh, You know, it's kind of hard for us, right, Jeff? Because we kind of follow this on a daily basis. So we kind of know most of this stuff already. 
So, you know, like a lot of fans, for example, get a chance to sign autographs with the coaches. Like for us, you know, we kind of see it. it's not that big a deal. But for a fan that doesn't normally get a chance to do that, that's a big deal. So, you know, I think for the general fan, I think it's pretty exciting stuff because they get a chance to maybe learn about what's going on that, you know, maybe you and I already take for granted because we already know it. Right. Right. Yeah. And and I'm I'm hoping to actually um, go to another one, uh, the the Seminole County one on Thursday for lunch. Hopefully I'll get to see a few more people over there because I brought my son to the first one, but it was so chaotic. Like I I, I just wanted to keep him. uh, I was having a hard enough time keeping him corralled. So the next one should be a little bit more intimate down in um, uh, over in uh, Lake Mary. So um, so that should be. That should be a lot of fun. I, I hope that I, I wish we actually did things like that more often, not just in the summer, but like, you know, maybe do like a little do do something once a month. And I thought the Cheyenne Saloon was the perfect um, venue for it. What a cool place. I'd never been in there before. Really? On Church Street. Uh, yeah, I'd never been in there before. And the work that he'd done on Church Street was really fun. There's that. Um, um, there is that um, the Orlando uh, was it the Lions Den or whatever that Orlando City Soccer official yeah. place that's over there. Of course, we've been to Harry Buffalo a bunch of times. Um, they put a Fergs in there, which uh, of course we really enjoy. Um, you know, from from St. Pete across the street from um, yeah. across the street from from the uh, from Tropicana Field, and now um, and now they have that um, over at uh, over by Church Street Station. I mean, it's it's. It's a nice area. It's a great place to be. The parking was remarkably easy, and um, and yeah, I mean, I I thought it was a I thought it was a lot of fun event. And I and you're right, I did enjoy the, the opportunity to kind of rub elbows with the coaches, see some old friends, um, and hang and just hang out for a little bit. And I thought that was uh, that was a lot of fun. That was worth you know making the trip down there and and seeing everybody. So. Uh, and hopefully I'll get to see them all again uh, at the uh, Seminole County one, too. So so that should be uh, a lot of fun as well. So, all right. So let's wrap it up, Lopez. What do you got uh, What do you got coming up for yourself this week other than uh, coming to UCF baseball on Friday? Well, let me just say this. First of all, go to Eric Lopezillo on Twitter. Because um, you'll oh, get the yeah. details. You, go to Twitter. my friend, had some yep. choice words for the NCAA softball committee. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, they deserved it. They were very incompetent, and, and it's the only softball is the only sport where the committee will leave out the number one ranked team in the country from hosting a regional, not even seed them nationally. It even is, ma- it even made Deadspin. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to be on is right. Deadspin. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah that it's... that's that's really bad, really bad. Um. Really bad. I, I can't even. Under, I mean, anyway, so yes, just go ahead, uh, right there. Go to uh, Eric Lopezillo. So we'll get more of my bantering on softball. But also, uh, I will try to give details. Hopefully, to confirm this at the time of this recording, we're in the process and pretty close to having. Uh, hope to have Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, on the Saturday show that I do eleven to one on Sports Talk Florida ten eighty Orlando. Uh, we usually do it from Universal Nissan or Universal Hyundai uh, car dealership, but we are in the process of finalizing it where we would have Commissioner Oresco. I like, I'll confirm that on social media. It'll be somewhere between 11 and 1 o'clock. 
so we're hoping to have him on at uh, leading up to the baseball tournament up in Clearwater. And obviously we'll talk about some other stuff in the conference and, you know, UCF related as well. So hoping to finalize that um, in the in the coming day uh, or two. And so that that would be my kind of deal to uh, hope that that works. Uh, Jeff, what would be a question you would want to ask Mike Oresco if, if we get him? I want to ask him a couple things. Number one, has the conference encouraged schools to add sports? And if so, which ones? For example, is there a possibility that we could see like men's track and field at UCF, for example? Um, Maybe a couple of other sports as well. And uh, I would like to ask him, you know, uh, this whole Power Six initiative. How much traction is there and... um, how much more um, and how much does this depend on the television contract negotiations that are going to be coming up really soon? What is he going to do with that? How much more of an investment in digital are they going to make uh, in terms of those revenue streams? Just those are the things that I want to know uh, as far as that's concerned. So that's what I would be looking forward to. So Power Six. And what was the other one? I'm writing this. And down. new sports. Are, are they are they trying to encourage some teams to do some to do some uh, – wow. Um, to, to, are they trying to encourage some schools to add some sports? And if so, which ones? All right. I won't make any guarantee they all get in, but I'll try my best. All right. Sounds good, man. I will be at baseball. We both will be at baseball on Friday. Yeah. And, of course, look out for that special Sunday show previewing the baseball tournament uh, here in, uh, in a few days. So for Eric Lopez, I'm Jeff Sharon. Don't forget to uh, log on to blackandgoldbanneret.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and uh, at UCF, uh, UCF underscore Banneret on Twitter, Black and Gold Banneret on Facebook, Jeff underscore Sharon on Twitter, Eric Lopez Elo on Twitter, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. For Eric Lopez, I'm Jeff Sharon. Thanks for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. We'll catch you at baseball on Friday. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.